0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined as always by myself. And you see, if you're watching the video, I got my Drip Bayless unconnected, unusable, turned off, pointless microphone back in front of me, shout out Drip. I'm back in Charlotte after a jam packed four days of panthers training camp a lot to get into we're giving you guys a two-part show today double stuffed like the oreos should be all of them just double stuff every oreo ever christian mccaffrey i I saw had some fans dishing some oreos they weren't double stuffed i would have gave them back and said, you want some signed cleats young children young child come back with some double stuff but that's just me but no one's asking for my autograph and for good reason um we are going to unpack the Panthers back together celebration practice. Like I said, you're getting a two-part episode. I'll try not to go too long here. I always say that, and then it ends up being 30 minutes. Uh, the second part of this episode will actually be a segment I recorded uh, after Friday's practice, recapping day three. So if you just want the latest update, you know, listen for about a half hour here and then sign off if you want a, a more complete, cohesive Update. You'll get this one, and then part two will detail uh, day three of practice. And you're probably going to hear a lot of quarterback talk. So let's get right into it. Uh, The Panthers practice Saturday was supposed to be a seven p.m. go, but severe weather pushed that up to eleven a.m., which I was grateful for. You know, I was able to get back to Charlotte and, and trying to enjoy part of my Saturday, which meant go to sleep early. And now we're back at it here on a Sunday afternoon. The practice was tight, Uh, you know, good, good fan turnout. It's fun to sit in the bleachers, actually have a great view and be able to see everything. I wish they just practiced there every day. There were highs and lows once again from both Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. We're going to talk about a Jeremy Chin interception. We're going to talk about a Baker Mayfield interception. We're going to talk about where Darnold's at. Baker Mayfield's roller coaster of a practice, some offense, offensive and defensive linemen stuff, and then we'll wrap with a, a look ahead to Monday. So unpacking this practice, it was probably the most intense practice yet, the, the most situational stuff we've seen, you know, two seven-on-seven seven segments, two 11-on-11 11 11 segments, a r- multiple red zone sessions, and then a... Uh, red zone situational drill at the end of practice where the losing side either offense or defense had to uh, run sprints if the offense scored defense would have ran defense stops the offense offense runs which ended up being what happened let's go front to back though practice started with sam darnold Go, no, excuse me. Baker Mayfield had the ones out there to start practice with the first seven on seven. Uh, I believe he started one for four. Then Sam Darnold came in and was a crisp four for four. Uh, nothing of highlight. We're talking multiple catches by the tight ends. Um, he dumped one off to Chuba Hubbard. It's not even worth reviewing my notes. Um, assignments on football, four for four. Baker comes in. A two-for-four outing, but he did find Chuba Hubbard in the end zone for one. Sam comes back out. Now, the, the second uh, half of the 7-7s seven and sevens are, are red zone, so that's why it's easier for Baker to get a touchdown to Chuba Hubbard. You know, play-action pass, if I remember correctly. Uh, Chuba leaks out in the flat, flare-out, and uh, beats essentially the linebacker to the spot as the corner is distracted by a decoying Robbie Anderson on the left side there that's execution that's that's great Uh, Sam Darnold comes in goes three for four also throws a touchdown Uh, so you know Sam starts practice seven for eight with a score and Baker starts practice three for eight with a score the choppy day continued Uh, we went into a team blitz segment after that where both quarterbacks looked overwhelmed Perhaps that had a bit to do with the offensive line. I don't think they had a strong day, and that's not necessarily a talent thing. I think it's there's no pads, nothing to grab. How are we supposed to block these guys type of thing? Matt Rule said after practice that the defense defenses in general, at any level, high school, college, pro, are, tend to be ahead of offense during installation periods, uh, early training camp stuff. So it's not surprising, but neither quarterback looked all that comfortable. Sam Darnold threw an interception to Jeremy Chin on a deep corner route intended for DJ Moore on the left sideline. It was really the only day or only throw of the day where he pushed the ball, you know, deeper than 12 yards downfield and it was intercepted. That had to have been frustrating for Panther fans who were in attendance to see that. You know, you drive 90 minutes to see the only deep throw a quarterback takes be intercepted. But they did, uh, there were some cheers, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, the rest of the day for Sam was uneventful. He continues to demonstrate understanding of the offense. He knows where the quick hits are, he knows where the outlets are. Ben McAdoo has given him easy, simple answers to a, the test that is the defense. And Sam continues to dink and dunk. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield had an up-and-down day. After that, Truba touchdown in the red zone seven-on-seven. Seven, you saw Baker get a bit overwhelmed by the pressure of the Panthers' defense. Uh, one notable rep, you had Jeremy Chin and Xavier Woods back at safety in a too-high look uh, as Baker's going through his cadence. Jeremy rolls from the right side of the field, a right hash, uh, to center field, we'll call it. While Xavier Rhodes slides down into the box, and they blitz them. You know, it is a team blitz se- session, but you just never know where the pressure is coming from. Are they sending it off the nickel? Is a you know double linebacker uh, a gap penetration is the, the smallest defender on the team? Xavier Woods coming from a in, in intermediate safety spot. That's what ended up happening baker felt the pressure immediately dropped his eyes tried to scramble a little bit in the pocket reset and just threw a strange ball up that barely got to the line of scrimmage and was intercepted by a defensive lineman i should know who that was i believe it was daryl johnson maybe baker sacked on the play and the ball actually never gets up but there's refs there they didn't signal the play dead so Uh, You know, we in our unofficial stats, uh, QB tracker Baker threw an interception and it was a real boneheaded one. There were a couple nice balls from Baker, uh, two specifically to Rashad Higgins, where Baker uh, accurately identified the blitz, knew where. The hole was stood there in the pocket, had the protection and, and connected with Higgins. On you know, one was for about 12 yards, the other was about 15. Uh, threw a really sharp placed ball. Higgins was on the right side, rolling in for a, like a deep squared in. And as he was setting up, Baker threw it to his outside shoulder, so to his right shoulder, his left would have been leading him inside his right shoulder. Uh, on the outside higgins stops on a dime adjusts the ball perfectly and makes the catch fall into the ground and baker keeps his receiver out of harm's way there and just you know allows the play to be complete excellent ball you know aside from pj walker's touchdown which you know i'll give the third strings matt Crowell and pj walker a little talk here after this um aside from that i thought that was the best ball of the day it shows when baker's on the way he can play a football that is, is pretty special, I would say. Um, he should have had another couple touchdowns that he would dropped. Um, let's start with the Robbie Anderson touchdown. This one's kind of been circulating Twitter a little bit. Robbie was isolated on the left side during a red zone segment. And Baker dropped back, looked off the high safety. He wanted to take the Robbie shot from the jump. From what it looked like to me, Robbie cooked Dante Jackson off the line. These two had an earlier uh, spute in practice when Dante was flagged for a pass interference, and Robbie, you know, kind of let him hear about it and posed in the space while Dante was yapping. I think it's the m- most interesting battle aside from Baker and Sam going on right now, because, you know, Baker and Sam are there's no animosity. There, where, you know, Robbie and Dante, though I'm sure are, you know, cool off the field, are really letting their emotions in a controlled manner show. And it's really it's electrifying to watch. It's the type of energy that we all resonate with this time of year. Uh, point being, Robbie cooked Dante off the line, had him for, you know, should have been a 15-yard touchdown on a vertical straight go. Somehow Dante recovers. Um, which speaks to his speed. Knock the ball down in the back left pylon with an outstretched right arm. Uh, perhaps Baker should have thrown it a little earlier. Perhaps you give Robbie a, a better lead. You know, Maybe you place that on his over the helmet, I guess I would call it. You don't want to say left outside shoulder because that becomes a, a difficult readjustment for a receiver regardless of level. You know, But you, you get that high and in, in front more you're probably scoring it was more low and inside allowing Dante back into the play those two gotta they'll they'll they they'll strike eventually I'm gonna stay consistent about that uh, I talked about that red zone segment to end practice for the conditioning penalty Uh real interesting sequence there. Baker got him down to the one yard line on a uh, let's, let's back up. Baker faced a third down and hit C.J. Saunders on a short in route from the slot. Saunders is down probably two yards short of the sticks. It's fourth down. Terrace, Marshall, and I believe Rashad Higgins were in, but because it was fourth down, Ben McAdoo takes a timeout, gets Robbie and DJ and CJ and Christian back on the field for a fourth and three. Panthers run an angle route. Anyone watching, it's, you know, my pointer finger is Christian McCaffrey. At the snap, he diagonally darts towards the line of scrimmage, squares up with whoever's in coverage on him. Option routes it, acts like he'll go out. Usually he goes in, which is exactly what he did. So, you know, he makes a half diamond there and catches the ball, excuse me, catches the ball right in the middle of the field, picks up four or five yards, first down Panthers. They run the ball immediately after that. It looked like maybe Christian scored. Baker celebrated as if Christian scored. Ref called him down. Uh, Third down, play action pass. Baker boots right. Uh, Has Chuba Hubbard in the flat for an easy walking touch touchdown and chuba just drops it it goes right through his hands fourth down they try to hit tommy trumbull on a little spot up left flare out type of settle route and just in traffic and tommy can't come down with it and they don't score so it shows how uh critical it is capitalizing when you're down there in in the moment, because you don't know when you're gonna get another chance or if another play will work, uh, Chew Hubbard scores that touchdown. We're talking differently, and which is how it is. Which kind of gets me to a rant. I'll tease right now. I don't want to get into it because I want to give it the time it deserves. But I'm. It's gonna sound obvious to um, most of you probably, but I don't know who the Panthers. Touchdown scorers are. I don't, I don't know who their bucket getter is down there in the Red zone I'm going to sound like an outsider here, but I'm quickly realizing how many warts Cam Newton probably covered up all those years here in Carolina. Because when you get in close, you need someone who's box office, you know, money. Think of someone like Odell Beckham Jr. And regardless of how you feel about Odell, actually, yeah, I don't give a rip how you feel about Odell because he came in as the man. Cleveland clearly couldn't maximize his output. And then he goes to the Los Angeles Rams and scores eight touchdowns. in, I think it would have been like 10 games, including the playoff run, 12 red zone targets, eight of those went for touchdowns. Odell can score small, quick slant, boom. He can score big back of the end zone, back pylon, jump ball. I'm going to body this defensive back, you know, and then the obvious touchdown makers, the, Robin Kroskis of the world, guys that you just can't find. You know, Cam Newton's in that type of football player that just when they're down there, you know it's pay dirt. I don't know who that's going to be for the Panthers this year, and it's showing early. I don't want to freak out about it, but it's just showing early. They need to punch it in down there. Maybe it's Deontay Foreman. Perhaps once the pads get on, that's who, that's who will become a, a touchdown machine for them. I'm just, I'm just not sure yet. DJ Moore's had four touchdowns. All every year he's been in the league, uh, or at least the past three years, I believe. So we'll see. Um, so, yeah, another inconsistent up and down day from both Baker and Sam Darnold that's likely to continue. Let's touch a little bit on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, you know, it was fun watching Iki, Kwanu, and, and Brian Burns get into it a little bit during an 11-on-11 session. It was quick. You know, they, they, they engaged. They, they, they chatted a little bit. Icky exited the field for a play and was back out there the next. Who knows what went down? But um that's something that when you see it, it's just you, you store it in your mind, you don't really forget. Not worth writing about, but you know, just a little something extra y'all you know, get here for listening. The Panthers are gonna find out what they have up front in terms of their defensive line once the pads go on on Monday. They've been slow playing, adding an edge rusher because. Matt Rose said he's confident in there in too their deep right now. We'll see if that continues. And we'll see how far this O-line has come once the pads are on. I think it's important to note that Carolina's relatively healthy, made it through the first week of camp relatively healthy. Now someone listening is going to go like, what about Shaq Thompson and J.C. Horn? I don't know if anyone sounds like that, but that's just my other character voice. You're right. Shaq Thompson and J.C. Horn aren't healthy. They're both on the PUP list. The team is hopeful and expects, actually, both will be ready for week one. But technically, neither of those players were hurt during a Panthers practice. Shaq Thompson had an offseason procedure to clean up his left knee. And I say left knee because he, when talking to media, had a sleeve over his left knee and not his right. So, you know, I guess I'm inferring there, but we believe it's his left knee. That occurred before training camp started and he was put on PUP or we knew, we were told he'd be put on PUP before they even reported. And then JC Horn, during a conditioning test that took place on the Tuesday before the first practice reported soreness in that surgically repaired right foot and they decided to put him on pub. So technically, uh, no Panthers players have been injured through four practices and that's pretty impressive impressive you know you saw the Bucks lose Ryan Jensen to a, a knee injury on day two I believe you know these things happen and knock on wood oh, that may happen in Carolina but so far it hasn't and that needs to remain as the team puts pads on you know Things happen, but you know you can't have unnecessary hits. You, you can't have people taking guys to the ground. You can't be shooting low. Just you know keeping your teammates healthy, even though they're the only guys you're competing against, and some of these guys just naturally want to want to knock someone out. And, and that was poor language. I don't have a way to mute myself, but um, and considering what happened last year at camp, that was, we'll do better than that. Players can let their emotions get the best out of them and take it out on a teammate because you know, that's your only opponent right now. That was more long-winded, but probably cleaner. Um, Let's wrap up with this. And I'm going to, I'm going to go Sunday. I have nothing to do except maybe watch SummerSlam. I don't know. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns for the 76th time. Who's going to take the belt? um matt corral pj walker each as uh donald and mayfield get eight reps those guys only get two each they're not really factors in this competition right now but they both looked really good on saturday uh, matt corral gave fans a show by going four for four in the the qb sniping bucket drill you know you, the big black uh white nets oh my gosh the big black Nets that sit in the back of the end zone for splash contest, right? Uh, they just, quarterbacks take a drop and then have a target they need to hit and Matt Crow went four for four while all the other quarterbacks missed more than they made and the kids got just a clean, reliable release, no wasted motion. It's Chris, he went one for five in his one session with the second team he had a drop, which would have continued the drive, so we we don't know. P.J. Walker threw a touchdown to Rashawn Henry, an undrafted free agent, during a red zone session, 20-yard shot uh, on a corner post. That was just beautiful ball, beautiful route, well done. I thought those, I gave those two the win of the day in our quarterback tracker because they they earned it. Um, doesn't sound like Matt Carl's going to get much of an opportunity at this job, but he's making the most of the ones he's getting while P.J. Walker – is going to have a chance to put some quality f- play on tape for, for another employer at some point, unless he can, you know, they can stash him on the practice squad, but we'll see. Day three, we saw a little more competition uh, from the quarterbacks in the sense that the Panthers are revenous up. They are putting these guys in situational drills, uh, They ended practice with a two-minute drill, both Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Got a chance to start around their own 20-yard line and and go down the field with one timeout and try and get some points. We'll unpack that. We heard from Robbie Anderson today. Always a treat to hear from Robbie. I'll I'll dish some thoughts on that. New free safety, Xavier Woods also spoke. Uh, And Shaq Thompson, who is on the PUP list. We didn't think we would hear from him all through camp, but uh, he was generous enough to come to the podium, and dish on what it's like to be on the sidelines for really the first time uh, in his, in his uh, career during a training camp. So all that and more on the Panthers Tracks podcast. I don't know why I'm treating this like an intro. I don't got no music to drop or no ad to place. Uh, if anyone's trying to sponsor this this podcast, feel free. This is where I would plug you right now. But since I have no, no thing, no thing, I am Minnesotan. Uh, If you guys didn't know, sometimes that does creep out. Um, I did Charlotte Sports Live last night, and uh, Carla reminded me of uh, Woofta. And I haven't heard uh, someone say Woofta in a long time. I had a friend growing up who would always say Woofta. And if you're listening, you probably have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. So I'll chill on that. Let's get into the meat of what was day three of Panthers training camp. Uh, Sam Darnold. We're not going to talk about Baker Mayfield because he didn't win the day. It was Sam Darnold's day today. I thought Sam showed a side of him that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, He's far from perfect. Both these quarterbacks are far from perfect. They both look like guys who are still in the infancy of grasping this Ben McAdoo offense. But Sam Darnold pushed the ball downfield today. He had two balls, specifically one beautiful 35-yard deep seam route to Terrence Marshall, Moo, which Matt Rule calls him. I don't know if that was his nickname at LSU. Uh, You guys will learn I'm not a a huge college football connoisseur. Forgive me for that. But Terrence went down the field on a play-action pass, stacked his – cornerback split the safety put his head down and just cruised down the middle of the field Uh, once Sam hit that fifth step in his drop back he let that ball fly and gave his guy a chance to go up there and make a play uh, a 50-50 ball but you could tell by design by situation that was where Ben Mack wanted the ball to go and and Sam let him have it and Terrence went up and made it a, a acrobatic diving catch uh soared over a defender, took it right off his helmet, and went to the ground and completed the catch. Gain of 40. I'd say best throw of camp, best catch of camp, best play of camp. A really impressive sequence. A couple plays later, Sam was in shotgun and threw a corner route to Rashad Higgins. It it, it didn't connect. But on both those balls, you guys, as we're, you know, doing our four different tasks at once, as we have to do in this industry, I had to look back as the ball was in the air at what quarterback threw it. I thought it was Baker Mayfield. You know, you see a ball high in the air like that based on my experience covering Baker and just how this camp has gone, I would have sworn that was a Baker Mayfield ball. And then before you know it, that's 14 back there, letting it rip. And to me, I think there is an overarching theme in all this, which I'm not gonna waste any time getting into. It's a Friday night, I have nothing to do, but these uh, podcasts have been probably a little longer than I anticipate. But I just like ranting, to y'all. I like opening it up. So, what I'm learning about this competition is. There's early signs that Baker and Sam are pushing each other to have each play outside their comfort zone. They're they're forcing each other to do things that the other does well. I can envision Baker and, and Sam sitting in the quarterback film room with Ben McAdoo and Sean Ryan and seeing Sam seeing Baker drive the ball downfield And noting all right I need to get that in my bag and and Baker sees Sam check the ball down efficiently and and consistently make the right read he goes okay yeah that's where the ball should have went right away that's where that should have went and they're both rubbing off on each other because today they looked like opposites you know I thought they they, I thought they swapped jerseys I'll wait to get into Baker Mayfield's two-minute drive before uh, putting a, a cap on Sam's series here but these guys are already rubbing off on each other. And I think that was the point. I mean, aside from finding the best quarterback, you wanted to really iron this out and have each guy raise the other's level of play and push their boundaries. And I think that's what is already happening after uh those two plays, there was some seven-on-seven, seven, which just wasn't that impressive today, especially the red zone stuff. There just was nothing open, no lanes. Uh, that Panthers defense is really starting to sit on all of Ben McAdoo's short game. Those uh, tight end flares, those quick speed outs from the slot, uh, those slants, You know that slam-flat combo that Ben McAdoo loves to run. The Panthers are just sitting on that now defense, I should say, are just sitting on that now. Um, But Sam's two-minute drill started with some early completions. A couple to C.J. Saunders, who we're going to get to in a second. I talked a little about him yesterday, but he he deserves a a couple minutes after this, after Baker probably. Um, After a couple completions of C.J. Saunders, And then a a first down run, Sam Darnold dropped back to pass and and let a deep post ride for DJ Moore and Chris Westry, a a long cornerback, I mean, tall. He looks like a gazelle out there. Uh, 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 He's a really unique-looking football player. He was in coverage on DJ, and, you know, DJ had him pinned, had him on his butt, and Chris had to jump up and committed pass interference. Uh, DJ wasn't happy about it. But, you know, Chris, Chris fighting for a roster spot. So I, I get what he's doing too. Uh, that put Darnold and the offense at like the 18 yard line from there, a, a short completion brought them with inside 10. And then after that, Sam reverted to his old ways. Uh, he dropped back to pass and looked for Terrence Marshall Moo, I'm going to start calling him Moo, maybe. Uh, Look for Terrence in the back of the end zone. Uh, On like one of those, uh, not spot, uh, stick routes. On a stick route, uh, you know, you put that high in a way in, in in the back line right by the goalpost. You put it like, you aim for the goalpost really is what I've been taught. And you let the receiver go up and make that play. But the ball was low. Stanley Thomas Oliver was in coverage on Marshall. He got a hand on the ball, tipped it up. I swear the ball fluttered for four seconds before no Carolina defenders could come down with it. And here comes Shai Smith diving in and he made a a catch. I, I think with instant replay, it would have been a touchdown, but the refs convened and said it was incomplete. And the next play... Dante Foreman ran a a one-yard touchdown, and uh, there was a penalty on the play, so the ball got moved up, yada, yada, yada. So Sam avoided catastrophe, and at the end of the day, if there was a final drive sheet, it would read probably like eight plays, 80 yards, minute, 20, and six points. That's the point that's 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 the goal right but it's you can't you can't have tip balls in the red zone it just it just can't happen so you know sam had a, a an impressive day because i saw him play outside his comfort zone and push the ball downfield if the bars that low i'm sorry panther fans don't want to hear that but you have to document this growth as it happens in real time. And and that was an improvement today, but those same old habits do show up. All right. So then after that, Baker Mayfield gets a crack at it. He had a more methodical drive. He completed probably four or five, ah, five or six passes. I'd say a couple to Derek Wright undrafted free agent. Who's looking okay. uh, uh, One to Rashard Higgins, but then the drive started to stall out and those shorter throws as the time was ticking they already used a timeout already burned a timeout i should say uh the baker sat around the 35 yard line 30 yard line with six seconds to go ran up to the the center and had to spike it and on comes Zane gonzalez who makes about a 40 yard field goal and, and practice concludes matt rule said after the practice that the point of a drill like that is to just go get some points to to emphasize that you can't you can't uh, go three and out. You can't give the ball back to the offense. The game's over. So you need to you know move the chains and get points. Both quarterbacks did that. Sam scored the touchdown, but Sam also could have been intercepted, and then Baker had been the only one to get a touchdown. It's just that, that, that's why sports are a conundrum, right? So a lot of the a lot of this comes down to luck more than we're willing to admit when you're not the best of the best. And today, Sam got a little lucky. Baker also got some points out of it. We can probably call the whole day a wash, but I give Sam and our our Charlotte Observer intern, Varun also gave Sam the win of the day because of that beautiful ball to Terrence. And just because it was so surprising to see Sam drive the ball downfield, if that continues, this competition will remain interesting for a while. Because uh, I've been saying Baker will eventually pull this out based on his traits, based on his willingness to to push the football. But if Sam starts doing that, then uh, we got a We got a different quarterback on our hands. Um, let's talk about C.J. Saunders for a little bit. C.J. is Dominating the slot reps right now. And I don't want to say dominating like he's the next Wes Welker. I mean, he's the guy getting the majority of those reps, and he's earning a healthy amount of targets as well. And he's getting open. He's shaking guys in man. He's finding the soft spots in the zone. I asked Matt Rule after practice, why is C.J. Saunders out there? And he said because he's earned the trust of the offense, he consistently was getting open during OTAs and minicamp. He's parlayed that momentum into an opportunity at training camp and just three days in is consistently rolling with the ones. The next challenge for CJ will be keeping up this pace of play when the pads are on, it's directly from Matt Rule there. Rule also said Shai Smith is working out in the slot. He said, you know, DJ, Robbie, Marshall are all comfortable there. But reps suggest that Carolina wants to distinguish what it has in Saunders before giving other players a chance. It's a bad sign for Brandon Zelstra. Bad sign for a couple other receivers trying to make this roster, perhaps for Shot Higgins. But Saunders is fun to watch. He's got, he's got a lot of wiggle to him. Healthy hands, strong hands, great shake. He's going to be someone I keep talking about and keep watching. I mean, he was, he was at Ohio state just a couple of years ago. In 2020, he was a graduate assistant, applied for a sixth year of eligibility was denied last year. He, like literally 14 months ago he had a tryout a mini camp tryout with the atlanta falcons which helped him get on the panthers radar he spent all last year on the panthers practice squad and now here he is we'll see where this goes but watch out for cj saunders y'all i know i know some of y'all were already on this i seeing it every day like the, the young man's impressive Uh, Robbie Anderson spoke today, staying on the receivers. It's always fascinating when Robbie talks. Uh, I think Robbie is a guy who is misunderstood. I think he's wholesome. I think he's extremely observational, very intuitive, feels and understands everything. He's connected to life. He's connected to humanity. He's grounded. He's humble. He's rooted in South Florida, where he's from. Connected to that community and his neighborhoods there, giving back in charitable ways as much as he can. He had a football camp p- this past weekend in Palm Beach, which was why he was not able to be at the Sam Darnold throwing session, which inc- included, of course, Baker Mayfield and Matt Corral and PJ Walker, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, because he had prior obligations, prior commitments he spent the thursday of that week at a juvenile detention center a youth academy where he posted about speaking to the kids of that area and wishing them and hoping them the best when they get out and get their second chance and that they can go out and succeed and be healthy the young man robbie just gets it he's a he's a unique individual who I respect a lot and all of that is worthwhile in this walk of life in this game we're all playing the real Grand Theft Auto <laughs> that's a yay quote uh, but that doesn't mean anything on a football field now don't get it twisted I, I think Robbie is extremely committed to the game of football and has every intention to get back to his 2020 form. But it hasn't materialized yet here, yet here in camp. I have not seen a rapport develop between either him and Sam Darnold or him and Baker Mayfield yet in this Ben McAdoo system, the ball is not coming his way. He got two reps today to start the seven on seven session and terrence took his spot two reps in i know. no I, i mean that was probably planned it's not like robbie did anything wrong uh but he just you know he's he's been quiet we'll see where that goes i'll say this to any fantasy football players out there i would grab robbie for on the cheap on the low if you you know you like Root for the Panthers and want to watch a guy that you, you have and don't have the first overall pick. <laughs> I think Robbie would be interesting. But I can't tell you that's because I've seen anything here in camp that makes me confident. I just believe in the person. But sometimes that, oftentimes I don't mean Jack on a football field. So we'll wait and see. But it was great to hear from Robbie. Quote of the day, he was asked why he was stretching on the side today during a, a drill. It caught a reporter's attention. To which he responded, I'm like a Lamborghini. Can't let my brakes get too tight. I like that. He's a swaggy, swaggy dude. We'll see what happens the rest of camp. Robbie's a person we're always going to keep an eye on. Switching to the defense real quick, we got to speak to Xavier Woods today. Xavier was dealing with a family matter all throughout OTAs and minicamp. camp. He was not in Charlotte for any of that. He wishes he could have been there, he said but he was following everything remotely every rep he saw via a team issued iPad, you know, the all 22 film. He was on the phone with coaches as much as he could uh, learning the playbook, breaking down reps, understanding scheme and concept. And he looks good out there. Uh, He speaks with a, 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 self-confidence that I, I admire. Someone asked him today, what's it like playing next to you know, a blue chipper like Jeremy Chin? And he responded, well, I think we're both pretty damn good. He may be right. And then more astutely, he, he mentioned that for them to play the type of ball they want, they need to become one. They need to be master communicators and trust each other. And that'll take time. But the Panthers have bet a lot on Xavier, not in terms of contract necessarily. I mean, it was a three-year deal, like $16 million if I'm remembering correctly, something like that. But just they're so thin at safety that this has to work out with Xavier. I don't know who steps in next, Justin Burris. I mean, they've been there. They've done that. They, they, they have uh, a lot of hope for Xavier. And it seems like he has come into camp. Ready to go, and uh, he's not really missed a beat. Of course, we're all watching the quarterback so much more than the defense if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, but I felt a, self, a, a real confidence and a, a calm demeanor to Xavier today that should reassure Browns fans that they've got a, a, a nice pairing back there on the back end for these safeties. A couple quick notes to close out. Shaq Thompson spoke today as well. Doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. The goal is still to make sure he's ready for week one. Shaq wouldn't disclose how the injury happened, why it happened, why he elected to get his cleanup procedure on what I believe is his left knee. He was wearing a compression sleeve on it today. Very quiet about everything. Uh, I believe his line is for that. That's for me to know and for y'all to ask the questions about, well, we can't get any answers if you don't answer our questions, which is, which is cool. That's how Shaq gets down. He is embracing the coaching life because he never wants to do it again. He was asked if he, now that he has a taste of it, would he want to get into coaching in the future? He said, absolutely not. It's too stressful. He's already stressed out enough as a player, which I think sheds a, great light on the demanding life that is a football coach a coach at any level. I mean, you could be coaching peewees, volleyball, baseball, softball, uh, coaching is a whole nother monster. You can coaches listening right now. Uh, tip of the hat, respect to y'all. That's, that's a dedication to a, to a lifestyle of education and, and teaching that takes real special talents and souls to do that. Shaq has no interest in it. I never did either. It's a demanding lifestyle. And Shaq just wants to get back there on the football field rather than on the sidelines. I thought he made an interesting comment about Baker Mayfield today. He seems to really respect Baker. Him and Baker rode down to camp together, of course. I'm sure most of you saw those photos of them getting out the truck together. Uh, He said the way that ride formulated was, Baker was texting Shaq, talking smack to him and Dante, just about camp that Baker was going to get after him at camp. And that materialized into him asking for, for Baker asking for a ride, a carpool down to Spartanburg. And Shaq said, of course, brought Baker up here. And it was a fun car ride, you know, talking life, talking family, talking things outside of ball. And when Shaq was asked what he thinks about Baker talking smack to him, to Shaq and Dante, Shaq responded saying, I love a quarterback that talks smack. That's what Cam did back in 2015 to TD. And to me, that Panther fans should really be excited about that. That's what football's about. Bring that swagger, bring that energy bring that gas. Does it get Baker in trouble sometimes? Sure. Did it get Cam unfair animosity from the outside? Yeah, it did. But who cares? That's how they are. That's how they get down. That's how they play their best football. I mean, for Baker to come in here and feel comfortable enough to, bring that heat to Shaq, I think that tells Panther fans exactly the type of player they're getting. I don't know about the talent, but the mindset, the mantra, the the swagger, that's who Baker Mayfield is. And, you know, if Shaq Thompson's comparing his demeanor to Cam Newton, that's probably a good thing. Uh, Last note, Christian McCaffrey did not practice – Today, the day three, this Friday morning practice, he was just getting a veteran day, nothing to worry about. Uh, He went – Matt Rule said they didn't want him to go hard for four days, so they gave him the day off. He'll practice tomorrow for the spectacular back together again, NFL celebration, fan fest that got moved to 11 a.m. rather than 7 p.m. due to severe weather threats here in Spartanburg. I thought it was interesting Matt Rule said that. Christian. Always has some of the highest usage GPS tracking numbers, even when he takes a day off. So they just are protecting Christian from himself, really is what I took away from that. And yeah, that's I think that's gonna be a wrap. I might have kept this one under a half hour. We'll see. This stuff flies by. I don't I must just ramble and and, and spit bars as time flies because I'm tired, I'm hungry we're going at this again. And then I perhaps will get home for maybe a day back in Charlotte until we're back here again. And we don't stop. We can't stop. We won't stop. That's the fun of it. Right. So appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, I'm going to try and get on here as much as I can. It feels like a good, healthy medium to keep you all updated. I know I like putting my earbuds in and And grabbing a podcast when I can on my time, on my terms. And when they're informative, when they're conversational, when you can build a community, it's all that more inviting. So, for anyone listening, anyone subscribing, appreciate y'all. Man, I said last night I wasn't gonna have a Minnesota Nice segment at the end of every podcast. So that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Panthers Track Podcast. I am Ellis Williams signing off. Until next time which will probably be very soon. Take care, y'all.